So let's look at Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14 and look how the apostle Paul looked at his journey and then alluded to us. He says, brethren, I do not, read with me while I read. I love to hear you read. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So immediately Paul teaches us that we are on a journey and we should always be aspiring. We've not already reached the pinnacle. People that feel they've reached the pinnacle and they get legalistic about their position, I, they almost make me laugh because it's so foolish to think that you've arrived. We're not there yet. Until we get to heaven, we haven't arrived. There's a journey and we're walking in that journey. So let us look further at this pattern that we're laying out. Remember, we've started with 11th chapter of uh, Mark where it says, now faith is. And so here, uh, life offers unparalleled challenges and without God's help, it's difficult to negotiate through each day successfully. Am I ringing a bell yet? I said life is so pressing and so challenging that without God's help, it almost seems impossible to fulfill what God's will is for our life. Now I want to show you, I know there's different positions that people take in the evangelical field. I always only quote them because they're, they're, the, they're the closest to where we're at. But uh, sometimes people just feel like God just wants us to suffer and the, the only way he's pleased is when we're suffering, we're under the load and we're bowing down. And, you know, people have the strangest ideas about our God. But let me give you a little glimpse in John chapter 10, verse number 10. First, we'll look at it in the, in the, in the regular King James Version, the New King James. And then we'll look at it in the Amplified. But let's look at it. Again, read nice and loud with me. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The reason I like the, the amplified version because again, it gets closer to the original, uh, translated, gets original to the original language of the, of the Greek, which was written in originally. But watch how it comes out. It says, the thief comes in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that they might enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, I know most of you would say, I'm not at that point yet, Brother Dave. I'm doing pretty good some of the time. <laughs> some days are good and some days are bad. Well, yesterday was bad for me, but I said, you're not robbing me, devil. I'm going to have a good day instead of fighting you. I'm going to say, sweetheart, you go and do anything you have to do. I'm going to lay in this bed a while. I'm just going to just lay here and just get some rest because I don't know what he has in mind. I was talking about the devil when I was talking to her. I said, I don't know what he has in mind, but I have this in mind. Tomorrow, I'm going to preach. I don't care how I feel today. Because there are going to be challenges like that. I'm not a freak of nature, nor are you. There are just circumstances that come against us. Now, the Bible gives us a schematic 
I've often used that word schematic because if you're in the industrial field or you're in the manufacturing, you know about schematics, you know, just it's, it's in the form of a blueprint so you can know how something is made and how everything connects and so on. And you would know that far better than me if you're in that field. But it's a schematic and the Bible is a schematic. God has given us a plan. The problem with us, we're partly in and partly out. I remember when the Cleveland, Indian, the Cleveland uh, uh, Cavaliers won the national championship, you know, they've been striving for many years and they won it. And I'll never forget everybody was saying, I'm all in, I'm all in. Everybody was all in, man. It was just one wonderful time where we just rejoiced. We was all into it that the Cavs have finally won didn't seem like there was any chance this year. But anyhow, we, we keep the rumor going around here that maybe LeBron will come back. But we'll, we'll just leave that away for a few moments. But in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six, uh, there's a very strong scripture that, 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 that makes no doubt about it. Look how it goes. Uh, there it is. Let's read together. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Do you see that? Without faith. So right away, when I call it the substance of faith, you have to understand that faith is not an option for the Christian. It's not an option. Without faith, you cannot please God. It's impossible. And that's what it says. Faith Without faith, it's impossible. And he who comes to God must first, must, look how strong these words are, must first believe, believe, trust, total confidence that he is and that he's a rewarder of them to diligently seek him. See, not only does he want us to believe who he is and trust him to, that he is the greatest one ever and he is our God, he's our king, he's all in all to us, but he also wants us to know that he is in the business of rewarding those who diligently seek him. So that's what we're about the business of doing is trying to get into that position of diligently seeking him. So I call it the substance of faith. By the way, the book is always available after services. Thanks to Sister Bobby Cook. She's always taken care of it. And I want to tell you this. If there's anyone, anytime, that cannot afford that book, you tell Sister Bobby, she'll make sure you get one. I'll find a sponsor for that book. I want you to have it because it's like a lesson book. And that's what we're on uh, these next few weeks as the Lord leads. So we're talking about the law of faith. See, as soon as you say the law of faith, now you know there's a, it's, 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 got, a, it's got an underline. It's got an undergirding, I should say. Let's look at Romans chapter three. Verse 27, now you'll notice we're going to have to review from time to time and we'll keep hitting things that I feel are missed often. And here's the scripture, let's look at it first. Where is the boasting then? Are you reading? It is excluded by what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. So immediately we see that faith, biblical faith, is a law. It's all. And faith is a substance. Faith has properties to it. You can't see it, 
But nonetheless, it's so potent that if it's believed and trusted, if it's used properly and trust the Heavenly Father, trust the Word of God, it will produce results. I said it'll produce results. It's that strong. Now, we must do what attorneys have to do when they try to defend you if you have some issue in the court. They have to do what is called due diligence. They have to look at your case, and often this is happening now from time to time. There's so many court cases, even amongst those in the government. It's just interesting to watch it happen. But they have to look. What they try to do is, the due diligence is to try to find a case like yours that happened in the past, and a judge ruled on it. They try to look at precedent, so to speak. So think about how I, as a spiritual attorney, and you, as a jury, are obligated to take a good look at what the scriptures have to say, because if we don't do due diligence, we'll not know where we are. We, don't, we won't know what God says about it. I thought that was really brilliant, but it didn't go over very well. <laughs> Thank you very much. I did hear big, the piano shouted really good to me. I appreciate it a lot. But you think about doing due diligence. Now, you know that there are rules of conduct that are enforced by the authority or legislation or a given group. Now, in this case, we have the scriptures and it is the foundation, it is the undergirding for any Christian life. There cannot be a successful Christian life without faith in God and faith in his promises. Well, I just gave you a promise here a moment ago. I am come that you might enjoy life and that you might have it in abundance. How often have you heard that in the Christian church? Oh, suffer for Jesus. <laughs> Oh, my, 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 come and roll around on the carpet there and just beg Jesus. Oh, Jesus, please, Lord, help us. We can't do it. Lord. How about just come to Jesus? Thank you, Lord, that you already made the way for me. Thank God Almighty. All I have to do is take you by the hand and go with it. That's what due diligence does because you learn what this is all about. Praise his precious name. So it's clear in the scriptures that there is a difference between the law of faith and then the law of works, or just general living. So it's just distinctly different. And a lot of people cannot see that distinct difference. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 6 through 8. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, let's just say this, the carnal mind is the natural mind with, say that with me, the carnal mind is the natural mind without influence from the Word of God. So if you get the carnal mind or just a normal person's mind and not influenced by the Word of God, the carnal mind is enmity. It's in, it's in conflict. It's in conflict with God for it is not subject to the law of God, that law of faith we just referred to. It's not subject to that. It doesn't make sense to them. Are you listening? The usual approach to a matter is to use human logic. And that sounds reasonable, because that's why we go to school, and that's why we learn and experiences, and we develop 
intelligence, so to speak, and we use that intelligence and we, we develop logic from it. In other words, we can look at something and evaluate it and ascertain this or that and come up with a solution from our, from our own thinking. But the carnal mind cannot operate in the law of faith. You, well, you see, we're going to go to the 11th chapter. We'll look at it again. I know you say, well, we've done that a hundred times. Well, you just count on it. There'll be another hundred times in the future or more, maybe a thousand times. But every time you look at it, you can see that it's in conflict with carnal knowledge or carnal logic, as I call it. I'm not saying it's stupidity. It says it's different. It's just different than human logic. So the mental ascent, see, that's, that's what we normally operate in, the mental part. We, op, we memorize things. We start, you know, in the second grade, isn't it, where we say, you know, you get our ABCs and whatever. We start, but we start by learning how the alphabet. We have to go to the blackboard, and we have to see a, a little O and then a big capital O, and, you know, we just do it over and over again. But that's mental ascent. We, we, we develop certain things we memorize. But if you only memorize it mentally, you still can oppose it spiritually. Yeah, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. If you just go, I could memorize things. And I remember there was an actor in Hollywood who just loved Old Testament. He loved the Bible, loved the book of Esther and all those different books. And he'd memorize them. He's gone now, he's passed on, but he was very popular at that time. I remember many movies that he had made. But he loved the Word of God, and he, but he never, he wasn't a Christian. He didn't claim to be one. He just loved the poetry of the Word of God. Now, I can tell you this. You could memorize the whole scriptures if you don't have faith to believe that Jesus, that God exists like he said, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It's going to do you absolutely no good. Come on, praise God. We're trying to do something up here. Faith works from your spirit. That's the difference. I know people can't understand. What do you mean, Brother Dave, if, if I learn how to say and I make these positive confessions? The positive confession is only valuable if it's based upon the Word of God. Amen. Otherwise, it's just some mental ascent that you've learned and you acquire. And perhaps it'll be some help to you. I'm not saying positive things aren't of help to you. But the difference is, is instead of just having it mentally, it has to go into your mind first, and it got to, it's got to drip down into your spirit. Yes. See, when, when you have biblical faith, you don't have to try to have faith. I don't try to have faith. I just know I'm a winner. I just know that. Amen. So when the devil challenges me, and he does, and I suppose God just used that example, you know, because he knows you go through that. He don't want you to think that Brother Dave's something special. He doesn't go through it. Yes, he does. Many are the affliction of the righteous, everyone. But this is what keeps me going. The Lord delivereth them out of them all. Come on, have you a little shout for Jesus today. Amen. So this works effective to the people who hear the word. Faith, biblical faith, cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. There is no shortcut. 
I love all the great faith teachers and preachers, and I've learned much from them, including Father Hagen. I mean, early on in my early experience, had a great deal of effect on me. But I can tell you this from personal experience, until I got it myself, not just say it because they said it, hear it because they said it. They said, do this, do that, speak this, that, you know. And it would, became a formula to me, and I knew that wasn't working. I had to get into the scriptures for myself. I've got, I went in there and I broke that scripture down verse by verse, word by word, promise by promise, learned what God expected out of me. And I found out that if I could trust him and trust his word, that he, it would work for me and I didn't have to listen to another tape. I had listened to 48 tapes already. My Lord, I, I wore listening to tapes until I just, they ran out of, it was coming out of my ears. Tapes were coming out. Everybody was so impressed by what was happening. They say, Brother Dave, you got to hear this tape. Okay, I'll hear this tape. I kept hearing the tape. I get up to preach on Sunday. I, I don't know what to say. I know who to quote, praise God. I found out if I can quote the Word of God, it'll have more effect on people than anything else. I'm, I'm not against anybody. I'm for them. But I'm just telling you how I had to learn the hard way. But faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So asking the Holy Spirit to aid you. I wonder how many of you, when you read the Bible, before, do you prefer, preference, that don't sound right, preference? Preface, thank you very much. That's a very hard word, P-R-E-F-A-C-E. Preface the word by saying, Heavenly Father, touch my mind, touch my heart as I read the Bible. Let me not just read words, but let me read the truth and let the truth flow into my spirit. I wonder how many of you do even do that. You know, you just, some of you, I know how you do it, because I used to do that. You thought the more of the Bible you could read, man, just, just read it as fast as you could. It didn't matter if it stuck or didn't stick. You could say, I read it. I read that whole book. Oh, you did. What did it say? Well, let's see. He said he got up in the morning. So, you know, there's a difference between reading the Word. Now, I, I like to read the Bible. I often say for entertainment. You know what I mean by that. I mean, I just enjoy the Bible. And sometimes I just read through the Bible. And I don't try to, you know, look for explanation. I just read it for what it says. I happen to have the New King James, and I accept it, and I read through it. But when I get into preaching, when I get into study, then I got to get down to business. I've got I've to do more than just read it as an entertaining book. Then I got to know what does God really mean when he says that? Well, let me look at that again. Wow. And look how it's worded. And look, I'm, you know, I used to tell people, you know, people, you know, they get into greasy grace. And I always often told, told them, have you ever looked at the scriptures real close after you're saved? Have you looked at scriptures that pertain to Christians? If. Did you ever see those ifs? Did you know that means there's a condition? If you abide in me and my word. If that's conditional, that means if you don't do it that way, I don't care what you claim to be. Right. Nothing's going to happen. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you will, shall be done. We want such easy grace. We want to get saved and forget about it. Just live any kind of life we want to live. Let me tell you something, you better, you better hope if you believe that nonsense that you're living the Christian life that God accepts because you may be totally deceived when you reach the other side. I, I, I like to bring you to reality occasionally. Get in that dream world and you, 
You listen to all these people, you think they know what they're talking about. Get into the word for yourself. I can show you scripture after scripture after scripture in the New Testament after people are saved, after they've received Christ. I can see the epistles of Paul, read them one at a time. And he'll, and this says to Christians, all abomination, all whoremongers. And it goes down and lists them one by one, shall not enter the kingdom of God. So if you're one of those nut brains that think you can live for the devil and you can do all those sins you always did and enjoy them and you think God doesn't see them, you're foolish. Now, why am I having to put that pressure on you because there's so much of this easy grace stuff. Yes, grace is unconditional. Yes, God saves you unconditionally. But once you are saved, there are some obligations. The Bible says that you become a new creation. Old things are passed away. Oh, I knew you didn't want to hear it. See, I told you they would not shout. I told you they would not shout on that. I'm going to have to get my own shouters back here. I'm just say, what shall I shout? This shout, and when I say shout, this shout. Shut up, don't shut this, this shout. <laughs> oh, praise God. Well, you know, take Brother Dave. I just try to be straightforward because I don't have nothing to, nothing to lose or nothing to prove. I just want to tell you the truth. I figure whatever days God has left for me, it's because he feels that I can be of some addition to you. And hopefully my maturity over a long period of years of analyzing what all these movements were. You have to appreciate, I've lived through many movements and they all seem valid and they all seem great, but you have to be able to discern sometimes there's, there's error and you have to be able to discern error. How in the world can you discern error if you're not in the Word of God? If the Word of God doesn't support something, I simply will not buy it, period. If I have to, I'll have to find it some way in the Word of God. I'll give the best chance I can. I'll study. I'll listen to the words you give me, and I'll look at it. But best God, it better say what you say it says. If it doesn't say what God says it says, and if you try to make it say something else, I, I bail out. You see what happens? You're in a different lane than I am. I'm in a lane. Praise God. That's why you see, well, well praise David. He's so rigid. He, yeah, I know, because I got in a lane. I used to flutter along lane to lane and lane. I found the right lane. Praise God, I'm in that lane. And when the devil, see, that's why I know when the devil gets in my lane. I know he's in my lane. I say, devil, you get in your own lane. This is my lane. God's given me this. God said that I can walk in righteousness. He said that I could walk with him. He said I could talk with him and talk back to me. He told me that I hadn't have to worry about it. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Tell the truth. Don't be afraid of the truth. The truth will set you free. Praise God. Let's go to James 1, 5 through 8. This is what the Bible says. If any of you lack wisdom, now you know that scripture. If you look at it closely, if anybody lacks wisdom, if anybody lacks, you know, down, whatever it is, lacks finance to pay your bills, lacks knowledge. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach and it will give, be given to him. Now here's that if business. Watch it. But, now but or an if, same thing. It just means it's conditional. If you get this, you won't miss out. See, if you don't think anything's conditional, you're going to slip and slide all through your Christian life. You have to understand that God's, you know, God's not some uh, 
slipshod. You know, God's, if you watch the whole thing about God, when he began, let there be, boy, there was. Let there be, and there was. And everything came together, and everything is working fine, and other nut brains that think that God can't take care of the earth, now they think they have to start governing and taking care of the earth, don't, don't, don't realize that God made the earth, and he knew you are going to be here now. He knew. He put enough things in the earth. He put enough. <laughs> and let me just tell you this, because I got to tell you things I think of as I preach. <clears throat> let me just tell you this. Are you enjoying the real greenness of the trees and the grass? And if you notice the colors of the tree, the reds or the yellows or the different colors are just absolutely beautiful. And here's what they found three years ago. And for all that time, we heard about this, this CO2 business, you know, that comes from your car. They forgot it also comes from the cows and the horses and the pigs and everything. But all that stuff. And it rises up and made a hole in the ozone. You haven't heard much about the hole in the ozone because there, because there is no hole in the ozone. What has happened, the CO2 goes up, and this is what science has found out, and it comes back down, and it hits the trees and the vegetation, and it gives us this green. Talk about echo. How about that for a little echo? Okay. He don't know what he's talking about. No, I know I don't. But the father does. <laughs> oh, I have a little bit of fun sometimes. Get off my message, and that's why Sister Marlene says, back to your message, back to your message. Faith comes to build your faith so that you can develop an appreciation for the word. Then you must confess the word. See, it's more important to you that if you can learn to confess why you got to learn, don't work on it. You can memorize scripture. Don't say you can't. You can. Just work on it. How do you memorize? You just have to go over a scripture and say it over and over and over again. That's one time when you do need to repeat it over and over again. And you look away for a moment, you say, in the beginning, God created. Okay, okay. In the beginning, God created. Say, okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. See what I mean? You just go, and you can build it. I'll tell you why. Because if you can confess the word, when you're, when, you're, when you're hit on every side, you're hit like a ton of bricks, you can stand on that word of God and say, Lord, you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Blessed be me, God. I'm going to stand firm. I know you said that you're with me. So if God be with me, who can be against me? I can just quote them scriptures. Just keep coming. You don't have to even remember the, where it's found. Just quote those back. My God shall supply all of my needs according to riches and devil. I don't care what you say. Say it. I can't pay my bills. I know. I know they're due. They're overdue. But I can tell you one thing. God's on time. And he said he'd never leave me in the first eight Praise God, you can just go down. You feel sick or you feel the pain. That's what do you think I did yesterday? I was sicker than a dog. Oh, poor dog. I hate to put pick on that. But I just, I couldn't eat a thing. I couldn't eat nothing. I just didn't eat nothing. But anyhow, but just lay there. And I, but you know what I did while I laid there? I got in the bed there and I said, I plead the blood of Jesus. You know what I thought? Well, here's what came to me. Now think of this. You maybe not use the term the blood of Jesus often. But the old days in the early believers used to use that a lot. They say, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. Because they, they didn't know where to turn. And I thought about this as I thought about pleading the blood of Jesus myself. I did that. And I thought of it as a garment. I plead in the blood of Jesus. I wasn't just seeing some, you know, I, I saw the, like a garment. 
I didn't physically see it, but I mean, it looked like a woven garment, beautiful garment. And it was the blood of Jesus, the garment. I said, Lord, place that garment on me. I said, you foul spirit, you cannot live in me. Jesus lives in me, and I resist you and rebuke you. And sometimes I could hardly say it because it's so weak, I didn't care. I said, devil, you big liar. I know God is truth. He does not lie. He'll never leave me and forsake me. And I'm going to make it whether you like it or not. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, let me try to get one more point in. Faith is a spiritual substance, just like I was talking about the blood. You can't see it. It's like the wind. You can't see it, but you know it's there. Praise God. So faith is a spiritual substance. Now, I know you're going to think this is weird here because people rob words from us and use them in some other context, and it makes it look like we're agreeing with their nonsense. But I'm not going to let them steal my word. It takes visualization of your dream. Why is that hocus pocus? Why is that robbed by someone else and it doesn't apply to us? Faith is being able to visualize your dream coming true. Praise God. Evidence of things that you do not see and yet you believe that they're yours. By faith, you reach out and you grab it and you say, no one's going to take it from me. The world says seeing is believing. The Bible says believing is seeing. Faith is not blind. It knows. It sees. In fact, faith can look beyond the present and see on the other side and know perfectly well that if we've been praying for something, God ultimately is going to make sure that we get an answer that suits him and us. Praise God. Faith is acting on God's word and not on someone else's faith. I hope you got that today. We're not called to be a copycat of others in order to prove we have faith. We simply look in the Word of God and we begin to, begin to do what the Word of God says and faith begins to mount up in us. The more you love God, the more you read the Scripture, he that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he's a reward of them to diligently. So you keep going over that and it's not a formula any longer. See, if you just have something memorized, it's a formula. You know, it's just so much in your, in your thinking. But when you have something in your heart, come hell or high water devils by the dozen you know that if God said it you can stand on it you can trust him and he'll take you through no matter what it's not some formula not some abracadabra it's faith in God knowing that when he takes you by the hand all of the devils of hell cannot survive against you it may not look like it but that's the secret of faith we don't walk by sight we walk by faith if God said it we keep our eye on the goal and God will bring it through he is the same yesterday today and forever come on stand up and let's give him a shout let's thank him yeah. 